What's going on, golf addicts? It is RBC Heritage Week, which can only mean one thing. The Masters is over. Ah, uh, yes. And the Masters hangover is not over. It's, it is better than years past, right, Pat? It feels, I feel better. Yeah, a lot better. I don't, I don't have as big of um, a Masters hangover as I usually do. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think Easter helps with that. Mm. Yeah. You, know, you got to kind of get it together for Easter. So, yeah, <laughs> that helps. Well, happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to you, listeners. I hope you had a wonderful weekend with your family. Hope you enjoyed the Masters. It was incredible. Incredible week. John Rahm, your Masters champion. We're going to talk about the Masters a little bit, but we're going to, you know, you you can go to any podcast and get a recap, okay? And we're going to do it a little, you know, we're going to recap, but we're going to recap it in our own little way, our own special way, asking ourselves a couple of interesting questions here about uh, some of the things that went down at at Augusta. But we're going to obviously break down the RBC heritage, okay? Talking about outrights, top 26 pack is back at the end of the show. Don't want to miss that. And, you know, a couple names we might avoid, names we're looking to click right now. And the elevated, strongest field, I'm sure, ever at the RBC Heritage at Harbortown Golf Links, right there on Pat's shirt. Look at the look at the lighthouse there on Pat's shirt. Love it. Gosh dang. You know, and you know why Pat has that shirt? Because Pat can't go to a golf course or a no. golf tournament, whether he's playing or he's not playing. Without going to the pro shop and buying. Well, I tell you this though, DB. I mean, the last person that went to a golf course and a golf tournament and got a shirt was you. This is true because you showed up with all the goat material. Well, wait a minute. Did you get a shirt at the Masters last week? Oh yeah, I did. Dang. Well, I did too. But did you get it? I got one. Did you get it after me or before me? You got, got it after me. I bet. Huh? We got it on the same day. Oh, you got it on. You didn't go shopping when you went back. No, I did not get a shot okay. when I went back. So we're even. We both got. We both last got a shirt yeah. on the same day. Forgot about that. You're right. Um, but yeah, here we are. Harbor Town. Know a lot about Harbor Town. We've played Harbor Town a couple times. Uh, Harbor Town's a great spot. We'll get into it. Obviously, it's going to be a good show. But I, I will say this, Pat. I, I am. Uh, I'm not drinking any podcast juice tonight. Oh, good for you. This is straight up water with uh, liquid IV. Well, mm. that's good. You know, it's good for you. You're, you traveled today too, so like you know, you got to get. You got to get your body back right. I, I, I did. Um, I kind of did a little bit of that yesterday. Not traveling, but yeah. getting my body back right. And today, I am drinking. Got a little beer here. So I, I was in Dallas. I met up with the fam halfway through Ma- Masters Week, our spring break. Spent some time in the city of Dallas. Love, love the city of Dallas. But I tell you what, dude. It's a, I, I don't function well in real dry climates. You know, if, you, if you're in the south, if you're in Georgia, you're Augusta, Savannah area, it's, there's humidity everywhere. You know, there's just, the, the air is Except moist. Except for last week. Except, yeah, well, last week had some humidity, I think. Well, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, like, I go to a place like Dallas or the desert, like Arizona or something, which obviously you would expect to be dry. But, dude, I was dry. I mean, I've just, like stay dehydrated since thursday morning so mm-hmm. um but yeah did travel today that's why there was no first look show everything else if you're a nut hud member everybody was asking where the first first look show was today i'm sorry if you're a nut hud member everything else is happening as planned this week so uh the the wednesday lunchtime live chat with myself is going down the wednesday night live chat with me and pat is going down fantastic chat last week uh with with the nut hut uh on wednesday night had had a ton of people in there, had some great questions. Chalk Bomb Ben joined us. Chalk Bomb Joe Idoni popped in there for a second. So it was a fantastic week. 
Masters Week, and we really do appreciate everybody for uh, for sticking around. Also, speaking of the Nut Hut, the family sweat bet hit finally at the Masters. <laughs> yes, presented to you by our friends at Leaderboard, who's also presenting to you this golf betting podcast for the RBC Heritage. Uh, the 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 family sweat bet finally paid off. They had a, they had a Scheffler or Rom to win at five to one. Somebody's going to get five hundred dollars sent to them from our friends at Leaderboard. If you've not already downloaded the app, listen. Spring is in the air. Even for you people who live up north, it's freaking freezing. You know, you're starting to play golf again. And so you need to understand your own game. You need to keep track of your own game, your stats, not just your score, but your stats. And you're probably playing money games with your friends. And on the leaderboard app, you can choose a hand from a handful of money games. You put in your friends' names, handicaps, whatever, if they're, whether they're in the leaderboard app or not. It's okay. You can add them even without. But you put in their handicaps, leaderboard dots the scorecard for you. All you do is put in the scores. They keep track of, of who's winning what, who's popping on what hole. And then at the end of the round, it's beautiful. They go, hey, you owe so-and-so money, or you get money from so-and-so. Congratulations. Then they, they'll link you out to Venmo. You put in your score and finalize your score, and it's all connected to the USGA Gen app. So you don't have to go to a separate place to report your handicap. The leaderboard app is free to download on iOS only right now. Okay. But big supporters of the podcast, and we thank you for uh, supporting the Nut Hut. I'll tell you what: if you're in the Nut Hut, you're you're gonna you might win something real like almost every day. Last week we gave away a ton of stuff. Masters week, we're giving away some more stuff coming up. Uh, leaderboards giving away cash. It's it's a beautiful thing. In addition to all the great content, all the access, the community that you get in the Nut Hut, you're also getting stuff from our partners. Our partners invest in the Nut Hut when we have conversations with our partners about linking up with TJ. The Discord is something that we bring to their attention. We discuss ways that we can partner to better serve our Discord family. So thank you to all those who are supporting us in the Discord. No family sweat bet this week, and the winner of the, the Masters family sweat bet will be announced on in the Discord by our friends at Leaderboard who are in there. So props to them. What else? I mean, what, what other props should we give, Pat? You nailed Sahith as the top debutante at what, yes. plus, plus 500 or 550? Plus 550 in the FGS, debutante, the, the rookie, the top rookie. And he, he came on strong on Sunday. Yeah, you know, hell of a Sunday. Fact, I think I even mentioned he might could be a first-round leader. And obviously that didn't happen. It happened at the tail end where he shot one of the better rounds uh, of the yeah. tournament on Sunday to finish as the top rookie. He's going to get himself into the next Masters. And um, so, yeah, if you're paying attention and, and bet that, that prop, because I did, did a few bonus props in the FGS, and uh, he was one of them. So. Yeah, the FGS was back last week. Yeah, you know, uh, that, was, that was nicely done. Um, I, you know, neither one of us had much of a sweat on the betting cards because, you know, I couldn't have had John Rahm on mine officially, and, and you, you didn't have him on yours. But, um, you know, we, obviously we talked about Rahm being such a value last week at plus 950 compared to – uh, Scotty and the other guy who was up there. I can't remember. Maybe we'll talk. He'll, I'll jog my memory here in just a second. But um, yeah, sure, you forgot that. You know, did have a heck of a Sunday, though, in the prop game. So I, I don't know if you saw Pat, but actually, the whole week, I think I delivered three. I think I, I, think I delivered three 3X prop cards between underdog and prize picks on the week. Uh, I got a nice one in there yesterday. I think I threw three plays out there for, for round four between underdog and prize picks, and all three hit. All three cashed. So it was a good, it was a solid day for, uh, a solid Sunday for the props game in DB's bomb shelter. 
and just a good week altogether for the props uh, for me. So uh, that was exciting. Obviously, John Ron, we could talk about him, uh, but we won't because everybody else is talking about him. And you get it. He's he's a stud, right? We, he is. We said it last week. Like him and him and Scheffler are right here. It's just they're going to be trading blows. They're, these guys, the two guys, have won half the tournaments of 2023. John Rahm, you know, with one bad round basically at API and the, and a, and the the Green Apple two step at, at TPC or whatever the poopy thing, whatever he had the poop. <laughs> the um, Green Apple two step was that the players? That was the players, wasn't it? That was the players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody was so scared that. I mean, give me a break. Like John Rahm is he's the best player in the world. Guess who else is the best player in the world? Scotty Scheffler. Like, I can't pick one. I, I don't know how you pick one right now. I think they're both hard, incredible. Let's uh, let's start off our favorite segment to, to kick it off again, presented mm-hmm. to you by our friends at Leaderboard. Link in the description of the podcast or the video to download the Leaderboard app on iOS only for free. It is down the board. So as we peruse down the leaderboard, Pat, at some names, it could be right there at the top. It could be somewhere in the middle. It could be a name way down there that, uh, that you'd like to talk about or you have a, you have a take on. Who would, uh, who would you like to talk about first, Pat? Well, I mean, for me, I think we gotta we gotta bring in some live talk, DB. Oh yes, uh, I I have to. Um, I mean, we could talk about Phil because I was. I mean, everybody had to have been shocked at what Phil did. I mean, look, he has been absolutely horrible on the live tour, not just like recently, but literally within like. I don't know if he's had a good finish since he joined live. I really don't. No, he's not had many. He's, he's yeah. been absolutely terrible, and then he gets to Augusta National, where he has a fantastic history, and we know that. And he proves once again, by the way, that course history is a thing. And because he's 50, like, three years old. 52, I think, yeah. 52, 53. Finishes second, highest ever since, like, Jimmy Demerit or something. Just, like, he broke the record for the, the oldest guy to ever finish in the top five. I think it was pretty amazing what he did. I think... That yeah. tails in a little bit to Brooks Kepka. And look, I've all I've been kind of, you know, I've been critical of, of BK. But I felt like he really showed out well in this golf tournament, not only from a golf standpoint, but from everything standpoint. Like he wasn't showy with all the live stuff. He just he he was just Brooks Kepka. Yeah. He was Brooks Kepka, major winner, great golfer. And, you know, I, I ended up seeing a lot of him while I was out there. I don't know why. Maybe me and Brooks are just meant to be together. I don't know. I don't think but so. But every every I'm hold that I was going to watch, for some reason, he ended up there. And, you know, he's talking with the, you know, he wasn't, like, elusive or anything. He's, like, talking with the other players that he's playing with that were not live guys. You know, it was like he looked relaxed. He looked like he was enjoying himself. I mean, he didn't look like he was like just a, a walking asshole, which sometimes I feel like he can kind of be. And and so I was impressed with it. I really was. He cared. He cared a lot. The live guys up there cared. I mean, you got to admit it. Patrick Reed cared. Bill Mickelson cared. And I've Joaqu- been crazy. Joaquin Neiman, like a bunch of guys, a bunch yeah. of them. We've been, and we've been banging that drum for weeks now, months probably, yeah. talking about how. You know, when these I, uh, there's a lot of golf outlets out there, and I don't know how many of them. I don't think this is much in the DFS betting space, but I heard a lot of them over the last couple of weeks and months not saying what we've been saying. What we've been saying is, you're crazy if you think some of these guys aren't good anymore. You're crazy if you yeah. think some of these guys aren't going to come here with a chip on their shoulder. You're crazy if you think that they're playing for millions of dollars, however many weeks a year on the Live Tour, 
and they're not sharp or they're not trying. Like, that's stupid. That is a terrible take. I saw it for myself with my own eyes in October when I walked two practice rounds with guys. Like, you're just living under a rock or you're drinking the Kool-Aid if you think these guys aren't there to, 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 to play and to win and to compete. Now, I do think there is a certain level of money where the somewhat like a little bit of apathy begins to creep in with some guys. But I think those are the exceptions, not the rule. Yeah, I, I would agree there. But I think more of it, too, was just the, the overall vibe there. You did not really get a whole like like there was a, a, a no. lot of, you know, like adversity between the PGA Tour guys versus the live guys. Like they were just all there playing golf, best, best golfers in the world playing golf. You did not see a lot of the drama, which is it's what you're going to get at Augusta National. But I think we got a taste of that also at the Open Championship last week or last year. And so I think that like from from now on, like the media has got to calm down a little bit about this whole divide between the two. Like I, I'm starting to get a little more like, you know what? Maybe these two tours can kind of coexist. Like maybe something can happen like where you're just like, hey, he wants to go play on the live tour. Fine. Whatever. He likes the team thing. He wants to take some money and do that kind of stuff. I'm going to do my thing on the PGA Tour. We're going to get together at the majors, and we're going to have, you know, we're going to we're going to still be friends. It makes me start to think a little bit more that I I, I do think some of the the live guys are getting a little bit of a raw deal from a ranking standpoint. Like I do not oh, want 100%. to see them. I do not want to see them not in the Masters. I, yeah. I just don't. Now there's some that I don't care about. Like, I don't care if I ever see Ian Poulter or Lee Westwood yeah. again in the Masters. I really don't. Yeah. But the top players in the world, I do. So I, I think there's something to be said for that. But that, that's, you know, that's the live talk, I guess. I'm sure you've got other. Good comment here from Nancy. Uh, we have an idea of which live golfers have a little dog left in them. I, I think that's for sure. Yeah, we Taylor do. says, it was refreshing having Brooks out there. Loved having a villain in the mix. Couldn't agree more. I, and yeah. I was going to ask you, you kind of started to answer my question because and I didn't say I was going to ask you this, but I was going to say, as someone who really hasn't enjoyed live at all, you, I feel like with Phil, especially with Phil, but even even like having Reed and and uh, who people don't like, but having Brooks and Reed and Neiman and some of these other guys up there and 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 having names on the leaderboard, do you think it started to? Do you think it starts to? Um, I'm trying to think of how to describe like exactly what it's done for you like it starts to let people kind of let put their guard down and go okay this dude's a human being like we don't always agree 100 percent eye to eye on things but we love what this guy's done for the game or we love watching him play for whatever reason he may be a butthole right and, and a lot of them are like just i mean brooks you said he wasn't a walking asshole out there and he probably wasn't but on the inside he's still i can promise you he's still an asshole um <laughs> yeah but well. you know i i definitely could you could almost feel just the general public through the TV getting more and more okay with these guys again. Like, and I think the more they play, you know, the, the way these next three majors play out this year, the more it's just going to start to happen. And the, and the less there's going to be this divide and the less people are going to tolerate reading articles and listening to shows that all they do is, you know, bash these guys over and over again in the live tour over and over again. Now, I don't know how many of, I don't know how many of those people will translate to eyeballs watching a live event. Now it, it, it may still not work. Like they may still not go to the CW or the app and watch in Singapore. I probably won't. Right. I probably won't. 
But I, I just think it starts to soften everyone a little bit. And it was very interesting to kind of see it and I'll almost feel it from just watching. You know, totally different the way the Masters and the way CBS presented the whole thing versus what we saw at the PJ Tour. When, when, they acted like, when they acted like 2022 Cam Smith winning the players never happened at the players yeah. a month ago. Like, didn't even, and didn't, and didn't show, didn't show the past, like, skip the years where ch- the past champions on the screen graphic were now on lift. Like, y- you didn't see that. And so, and I think that juxtaposition to how it was handled on the, P- it's been handled on the PGA Tour, kind of made people feel like, I don't know if, it's, if sorry for the live guys is the right word, but it kind of made you go, man, this is how it should just be handled. Like, we should not have ignored that Cam Smith won the 2022 players. We shouldn't. Yeah. We, we shouldn't do that. Like, that's petty. It's dumb. We shouldn't do that. But I don't know if that means you let him come back over and play. It'll be very interesting to see. Like, I, I bet for Brooks, that whole experience probably shook him. And there's rumors already that he wants to come back. Um, it will be very interesting to see how this whole thing shakes out. But it's just going to make the majors incredible. And uh, I wish I could have capitalized more on it in my DFS lineups because I had some live guys. I had the wrong ones. DJ was one of them. Mito, yeah. another one. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, it was, it was good to see. All right, well, that's, that's down the board presented to you by our friends at Leaderboard. We got we to gotta move on. I, I do have to ask one thing, Pat, because uh, normalize is the word. Thank you, Nancy. Um, if you go way to the bottom of the board, near mm. the bottom, yeah. You find several people. You find Rory McElroy, mm, Patrick. Yeah, and Rory. you know, you and I had some debates on the show, but we had a heated debate towards the end of the Wednesday night Nut Hut live the show, chat. I don't believe we got as much. We didn't get heated we did yeah. in the yeah. But I mean it was like eleven o'clock at night on Wednesday night and I was banging the Rom drum. You were banging the Rory drum. We got into a battle on who had the mental fortitude to get it done at Augusta. And um I think Rom showed us showed us what's up. I think Rory continues to buckle under immense pressure at Augusta specifically. I think it's more so at Augusta. I think he's and and, and granted, like I will say, to Rory's credit, he has carried a lot for the PGA Tour. He's carried a lot for the game of golf. He's been a global ambassador that we've probably not seen since Gary Player uh, over the last ten years, and especially the last year and a half. And I'm sure that is a lot on him. But between that, between all the money that son of a gun has made um, over, nice. his, over his career, and just the pressure every single time he tees it up for a major to get it done again, because we haven't seen him do it since 2014, but even more so it's ratcheted up at Augusta to close out the career Grand Slam, to get the one major that everybody wants more than every other one. He just can't seem to get over it. And... Uh, so my question w- that I posed to you was, Pat, if Rory were a cereal, what kind of cereal would he be? And um, I-, I-, I gave this some thought uh, in my foggy brain today as I was jet lagged and coming home and all this. I answered this too, but I already figured you already had the answer before. You well, no, I want to hear your answer. Your answer might be, might be more interesting than mine. I-, I-, I think it's this. I think, and, and YouTube, YouTube viewers, please hit the like button, subscribe to the YouTube video if you haven't already, and drop a comment. Tell me what cereal you think Rory would be. I think he's Cinnamon Life. Okay. Cinnamon Life? Cinnamon Life, yeah. My God. It's, it's healthy. It, it, well, it, you know, somewhat relatively yeah. healthy. Yeah. It's, it's more flavorful than average. 
because of cinnamon. It's more, it's better than the regular life version. Um, strong brand awareness. You know, you, if I say life, you can probably picture the multicolored letters and you, you've, you've heard of life for a long time. It's a, it's a base cereal in any grocery store. So strong brand, strong brand awareness. Everybody knows him, right? Problem is there's one fatal flaw and he gets soggy real quick. Okay. It's too quick at times and he can't handle too much milk or not ideal conditions or it just, if it's not perfect conditions, if you can't, you know, if you can't pour the life, get the milk in there, already have your coffee done and ready to go and ready to start putting it down, then it's not optimal. It's not an optimal cereal. You can't, it, there can't be any sort of, you know, kink in the plant. If, if you leave the cereal sitting out, it becomes disgusting and it starts falling apart, literally falling apart in your bowl. Rory is cinnamon life. What do you say? <laughs> I don't know how much brand awareness Cinnamon Life has, but um, what? Oh, it's plenty of brand. I, awareness. I got a few responses to that. First off, I like. I, I feel like if if we're looking at the vacuum of Rory now, you, like everything you say makes sense and is true. Like it does. I mean, like, but let's let's put some perspective to it. When Rory was twenty five years old. DB. He had won four majors, four majors at 25. He's mm-hmm. 33 years old now. Mm-hmm. John Rahm has won two majors. He's 28. Okay, so let, if we want to compare apples to apples, and, and we wouldn't have thought nine years ago when, when Rory won his last one in 2014 that it would go nine more years. Also, you mentioned like perfect conditions. If I remember correctly, when, when Rory won at Kiowa, they were not perfect conditions, and he almost lapped the field enough where they couldn't even like they couldn't even get close to him. So Rory at his peak is a fantastic golfer. We we I don't think we could di- like you could disagree with that. I just don't think you could. Now, today I do agree that you know, I think the Masters is his boogaboo. It is it is yeah. it's the one he has to get. Which I think a lot of us could say when we like really put so much pressure on us to do the one thing we haven't done. It it makes that thing even that much more difficult, which I think is what's happening with Rory. I mean, so I do think this, if we're like writing notes for the future on the masters, like you just don't, you don't bet Rory, you don't play him in DFS. And then you just hope that he, and I think we kind of alluded to that during the show. If I'm not, if I'm not, I I feel like that's what we said. We were like, you know what? I would rather play Rom. I feel like the money, my heart wants to play Rory, but the money wants to be on Rom. Matter of fact, I know I got asked that a few times last week just by friends who know what we do. And I, you know, I texted the same thing to him. Yeah. But so I think that, I think you're right now, the, the now Rory may be a little bit like cinnamon light for me though. I have him like raisin brand. Okay. Somebody else in the chat just said that. Yeah. He's raisin brand to me. And you know why? Because damn it. Not enough raisins. there's not enough damn raisins. They didn't <laughs> put two scoops in the damn thing. Okay. Like I get my raisin brands and I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'm opening the box. I'm opening my box of Rory, okay? And I expect my two scoops of Raisin Bran that are going to get me over the edge and help me win the day, okay? But you know what? They didn't put two scoops in there. They didn't put two scoops. And I, I don't know what. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm getting two scoops or I'm not getting two scoops of Rory. I have no clue. And, and it says on the box I'm getting two scoops, but I don't think I am. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes you want to think you're getting something you're not. Benny, Benny says because he makes me <laughs> drop, a, he drop deuce. a deuce. 
anyway, so yeah, I was going to do Raisin Bran, and it's because I don't think I'm always getting my two scoops out of Rory Bran. That's a, that's a good that's good. When I was a kid, I used to eat some Raisin Bran, but my my dad would always buy a big jug of raisins, and I so I'd pour the Raisin Bran, and then I'd be like, nah, add, add the raisins. You know, that's, raisins. that's what you have to do. You have to take care of it yourself. All right, that's the Masters recap. That's how we recap the Masters. Um, it, it might, you know, it was a weak analogy. Weak analogy for sure. Uh, stay odd, you know, definitely. I mean, we're doing our best, okay? But, you know, we're just trying to give you a Masters recap that's just not every other Masters recap, okay? It's weird. It's memorable. It's tour junkies. That's what we do. What kind of cereal is Rory to you? Put that in the comments. Okay, let's get to it. Top of the betting board, talking RBC Heritage, Harbortown Golf Links, Pete Dye, par 71, about 7,100 yards, three par fives on the course. This is, uh, you know, we know it, right? We, we know Harbortown. They've been playing here for freaking 30, 40, 50 years. I don't even know. It's been a long time. Um, we've played the course. We played it from the tips. Remember I had the bet with Kevin Kisner a couple years ago on how, what I would shoot from the tips over under um, when I was on vacation back then. But, That's like, right. you know, it's, it's a lot about clubbing down off the tee. It's a lot of less than drivers off the tee for a lot of players. It's a positional course. It's a creative course. It's working the ball both ways. It's hitting your mid, mid irons especially, but even some long irons to, a, to an extent pretty well. Knowing which side of the fairway to be on or miss, it's not very penal rough. You just got to be on the right side of it. Um, tiny little peckish Bermuda greens. Mm-hmm. With, uh, with, with, some, with some bunkers and some tough spots to get in if you miss, and you will miss because they're small. So short game is key, and then putting on Bermuda. So um, it, it, we know what it is. We've had a, a variety of winners here before. Short numbers, you know, Jordan Spieth, long numbers, Stuart Sink, Satoshi Kodaira, C.T. Pan. It's just been a, a cornucopia of winners here in the past. But here we are the week after the Masters with an elevated event status, which I don't know is the greatest idea now that we're here and thinking about it um but we're here and you know i i think there's some um, there's some guys in this field who play tend to play well weeks after a major some guys in this field who have been showing up at harbor town for years despite playing the masters the week before there's some guys who haven't shown up here um in a long time or ever because they probably don't want to play the week after a major Rory's one. He just he just skipped his second uh, elevated event of the year because he skipped Kapalua. So you know I I do think there's a something in here that you know, we'll flesh it out as the week continues. But there is there could be something to which one of these guys that played the Masters do we think how many of these guys are beat up? You know I mean it was it was a tough four days. It was a, a grind. The weather, the delays, the wind, the freaking trees falling on people. Um, the whole thing. So I, I do think that's some somewhat of a narrative to look at. But you know, as much as I'd love to say we're going to have a long shot here, and we have before, obviously with the elevated status and the strength and field, probably not likely. But I do think of all the of a lot of the designated events, I think this could be one where we could get a long shot because it really doesn't fit just one style of golfer. What do you? What else would you add to uh, kind of what we know about Harbor Town? No, I would agree with that. I think you're right. I think that um, obviously with the field the way it is, I mean, we've got what, you know, 40 of the top 50 ranked golfers in the world here. Um, so it, it is going to be, you know, better field than we've we've seen in a long time here. Um, I think the best like recently was maybe a few years. I think it was when Webb won. You had like the, like maybe 30 
five of the top 50. So the 2020 like it, COVID restart. Yeah. But that so was in it, June. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot different. It was a lot yeah. different. And all those guys were ready to play. I mean, yeah. they wanted to play golf. And so it was just a little bit different field and, 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 you know, kind of the way it was set up and everything. But, um, so I do think, you know, there's, there's more potential, obviously, for, for shorter odds to win. But I think you're right because the way this golf course is so damn quirky and, it does take some experience in how to play it the correct way that you could see some guys yeah. that, you know, this, I think this could be the one where we do get a longer shot guy in a ev- elevated event, which we haven't really had. No. Have we had any, like what's the longest shot? Kitayama? Uh, yeah, for sure. Kitayama. I mean, it had to have been Kitayama, which was long. That was big. Yeah. yeah, that was big. But, um, I forgot about him almost actually. He came to mind as I was talking about it. Yeah. Um, but still, um, you know, like you said, these these greens are small. It's you know you have to hit in the right spots off the fairways. I mean, you know we've we've talked about this all the time. I mean, the the first hole you can hit a perfect drive to the you know left center of the fairway. You're screwed left center. Down. You're so, screwed left center. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk about it. Top of the board up to twenty five to one. Who do we like? Who do we who do we not like? And who do we like? Well, um, I'll tell you who I don't like right off the bat, and that's Jordan Spieth, the the, the defending champion. Really? I did not see that coming out of you. Why not? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw his press conference after you know after the round on Sunday, and which was a great round. Yeah, but he yeah he I mean it was one of the best of the day. Only Phil Mickelson, who he was playing with, yeah. beat him, and it was incredible. His whole round, I like. It was amazing to watch Jordan. I mean, it was just like a perfect Jordan Spieth round the yeah. way he did it on um, on Sunday. But he mentioned afterwards, he was like, you know, now that I'm looking back, I think that, by the way, he had like 21 birdies. 21 freaking birdies. I mean, you cut out a few of those mistakes that he made and he wins that golf tournament probably e- not easily, but he's, he's yeah. right there yeah. at the end. Um, but he said he played what he thought was a little bit too much golf leading up to that tournament. I think he said he'd played eight of 10 weeks. Um, and I think that's telling for a guy. So now he's coming back. Like he doesn't get that whole, you know, like where's the break now? And he's going to play, which I get it. He's a defending champion and it's an elevated event. He has to play. But, you know, if he's already said he's tired and he already played too much, then I, I believe him. And I feel like I, that, that means I don't really feel like wanting to play him. I, I, that to me is a fade. And, and you know, I'm not, you know, I'm sure he's going to try and he wants to win and whatever else, but it, he's tired. Yeah. It's a break. So that's why I'm fading him. If I'm counting this, if I'm counting this up right, let me see. I think he's had since Pebble Beach. So he played Pebble, Waste Management, Genesis, took a week off at the Honda. Played Arnold Palmer, then consecutively the players, then con- right after that Valspar, then took the um, uh, no, he played match play. Then he played match play. Played match play. So he's only had two weeks off since Pebble Beach. He had Honda and he had um, Valero. Right. Yeah, Valero. He took off, and so he's pl- and he's played well. Yeah, I mean he has he played well at, at the API. T19 of the players, you know, should have won the Valspar T4 last week of the Masters. And, you know, the, the, you got Harbor Town, man. That's, that's family. I mean, we vacation there every single summer. I'm going back this summer. Like, that's family town. 
that's like the best. If you got little kids, you know, George's got his his, his little baby boy running around now. Like he might just totally get into vacation mode out there and just kick it. But I mean, he's also not one that I think is a defending champion is just going to mail it in. Um, so I think he's going to try. I think he's going to give it all he's got, but he just may not have much left in the tank. Who knows? So I, yeah. I can kind of understand the fade. It's also a, tra- a little bit attractive at, at 20 to 1 on DraftKings at the moment. I, I kind of had it written down as a maybe. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, obviously for me, I, I, don't, I don't think you can play. I don't find it intriguing to play Scotty at all with no record here at Harbortown whatsoever. So obviously, at least, I mean, he's played the Masters. He's played the Masters, what, four times now? He's played, yeah, he's played four Masters. He's never once decided to come to Harbortown and play Harbortown. He also chose not to play Harbortown the week in 2020 when, you know, everybody was itching to get out and play golf. He chose not to play Harbortown then. And so just as the shortest name on the board, I don't don't think he's worth a shot there um, personally. So uh, the only other guy that I kind of like, I I really had Spieth in here with a question mark of maybe Morikawa to me, and I'm not usually a Morikawa guy. You know, you know, most people listening would know that. But Morikawa at 18 to one on DK, I, I bet that number, I bet that number drops if it hasn't already. If we're, if we're listening to this, if you're listening to this, he's 18 to one on FanDuel, DK, and MGM right now. Um, but obviously, you know, another top 10 at Augusta. He came close here. I think the year what Stewart Sink won. Did Stewart Sink like run him down that year? I think that was the right. That was the Did right he year. Run him. I think he did, <laughs> um, but the irons are dialed. The it was interesting to see. I think his approach play at Augusta. Uh, let me look at more or not not approach play around the green play. Yeah, he was positive strokes gain around the green at Augusta. He was positive in every strokes gain category at Augusta. But specifically to see him positive around the green was very interesting to me. Amazing. So, I think Morikawa at eighteen to one is the only one up top. I'm I'm really all that interested in. We could talk about Rom. I mean, there, there's. It's still John Rahm, like he just might go out there and keep bludgeoning everybody to death. But typically, the textbook would be a guy that short of a number. The week, you know, the very next week after winning his first Masters and all that went into that, I just I don't see it. I don't see it happening. All right, um, that's the top of the board presented by our friends at Pickett. I'm wearing the new hat. I got the new shirt. I just got the merch in. But look, it's NBA playoff time, people. If you don't have the Pickett app, then what are you even doing? In the Picket app, you can see who the popular picks are. Where's the money line? Where, where, where's, the, where's the handle going? Where's the bet percentage? Who's wagering on these things? You follow your favorite handicappers. You follow us. You follow whoever it is that you follow. If they're any sort of handicapper worth their weight and, you know, worth, worth a grain of salt, they're on the Picket app, and you can tail their, their picks and their bets and see where they're putting their money. Um, you can see who's, what side is being most wagered. You can look at most popular props in NBA. You can look at uh, bad beats if you want. You can obviously track your own betting data, which we highly encourage everyone to do, whether you're a small-time sports better or you're just playing like prop stuff, uh, DFS stuff on prize picks or underdog or sleeper or whatever. You can sync all of that in Picket. It's a free app. iOS and Android users can do it. Um, and you can line shop. You can see all these details. Download the Picket app. Link in the description of the podcast and video. It's free to download. In fact, they pay you to download it if you put in referral code TJ. They will send you either $3 free cash or $100. One, one person a day wins $100 on the Picket app. Um, but it's a free app. Everything in it is free. We're on there. Follow us. Tail us. See how we're doing. Tell your own bets. You have to sync one of those books, sports book. 
or a site like prize picks or underdog or whatever. So, um, yeah, check that out. Link in the description. Thank you to everyone who's downloaded Picket. Some some Picket giveaways coming, and I'm telling you, you're going to want to already be set up and ready to go. So get in there, all right? Middle, mid-range, kind of up to that 75-to-1 spot. This is obviously where we'll probably be doing most of the cooking because I, I feel like this is the sweet spot for us if we are trying to find some sort of a long shot bet in here. And the first one that just seems glaringly obvious to me would probably be Sung J M. Um, it feels like Sung J is, has got to win again here pretty soon. Uh, to me, it, it just feels like that. I know he's not, I know we've not necessarily seen him, you know, final group contention, but he's just been knocking on the door all of 2023. Um, a lot towards the back end of last year. And the last time we saw him actually close the door was in 2021 at the Shriners. I think that's the last time, but I just feel like it's coming. He's obviously got a pretty good record here at Harbortown, uh, golf links. So Sung Jay to me at, uh, at 28 to one right now on DK was kind of the first look. What do you think about uh, what do you think about Xander at twenty six to one on Fanduel? Yeah, I actually have both those guys. I have Xander at twenty six to one, and then I have Sungjae at twenty eight to one. Those are two of my favorites down here. Um, by the way, I didn't even get to mention the guy I did like in the oh, shorter sorry. than this. Um, I know we're trying to move along because we talked a lot about the, the recap. I was with you on Cal. I actually do have Hovland though at twenty two to one. So Hovland was one that I had. You think Hovland will be recovered enough from the Patrick Cantlay uh, experiment? I feel like he is, and plus, you know, his his outfits were kind of questionable last week, and so I feel like he's going to wear something that really is going to clash amazingly well with the tartan jacket. So, like, I feel like that's a good sign. Like, he's really getting himself into into that, you know, that that clothing, you know, issue there Mm -hmm. that you could have with the jackets. Um, But anyway, Victor Hovland, twenty-two to one. But Xander and Sung JM were two guys I had in this range that I really like. Um, and then I think it's, you know, I like Sam Burns, Stevie, 35 to 1. I don't trust the iron play still. Like, yeah, it, I just, it's, I get it. He's still but. not hitting his irons great. For, for the, uh, I mean, he, he, gained, he gained a little bit at the, at the Masters. The irons looked much better at the Masters, which I was surprised by. It. But it was in the first two rounds he, he did his damage, and then on the weekend he started losing it. I just don't trust his irons. And I'm not, I, at, the, at, the, at the heritage, I need your irons to be dialed because you're going to be yeah. hitting a lot more of them off the tee. I mean, I know the putter is what, the putting is what really draws you to it. I mean, he's number one in this field in putting, yeah. average, which we, doesn't surprise us at all. But um, I, I feel like there's a little bit of good value, though, with Sam Burns at 35 to 1. Um, you know, typically a pretty good scrambler as well. I think you're right. His irons have cert- certainly they they leave a lot to be desired. But he has a good iron week. This this could he can win this golf tournament. He can win any golf tournament if he has a good iron week. Right? Well, yeah, but I mean, this is I think this is a good one. He's finished top ten here before, so I do like Burns. Um, well, I mean, we're gonna name some names in here because it's this is a loaded range. I know I banged the drum so hard all week last week for Tony Finau, and he just kind of flatlined to like a T26. But I'm still, I'm still somewhat intrigued. It, d- despite, despite the, uh, you know, the, the flatline, he still gained strokes, major strokes on approach around the green. He just didn't putt great at Augusta, and he didn't gain as many strokes off the tee as he normally does. 
Um, but the dude still has some of the best mid and long irons on on tour. And that that's still a little intriguing to me at 29 to 1. I just feel like Finau, I, 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 don't, I, can't, I can't quit him right now. I just, I'm having a hard time quitting him. So, I don't know. Where, 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 tell me, where, are you with me on Finau, people, in the comments? I see somebody talking about Tom Kim at 45 to 1 on DK. I, I had him written down. It was interesting to see Tom Kim finally hit it good again mm-hmm. at Augusta. And impressive that the dude did it in the, especially the first two days with the pairing he had. I mean, wasn't he playing with like, he was playing with some studs and the dude balled out both, you know, I mean, round one, gain strokes off the tee, gain strokes on approach, round two off the tee and on approach, he was clutch. Um, So, I mean, I I think Tom Kim at 45 to one is interesting. I mean, I I don't love, I don't love no experience around here, but I think that kid has shown, I mean, Wyndham, um, I mean, he's just shown that he doesn't necessarily have to have it when he's on. So forty-five to one. No family at Harbor Town. Not doing the family thing. You know, I, I, I kind of like, I kind of like getting back on the Tom Kim train while we have him at a decent number because, you know, if he throws up another solid week, the very next tournament we see him in, he's going to be shortened again, and we're all going to wish we had him at forty-five to one. What do you do with Kucher at fifty to one? Because obviously the history is incredible. I mean, they're going to name the tournament after him one day. The, the, the history is incredible. The form is really freaking good. But it's 50 to 1, Matt Kuchar in an elevated event with all these names around him. 50 to 1. I don't feel like you bet him outright. I, I mean, I think if you could get a decent number as a top 10, then, and I'm not looking at that yet, I don't, that may be what you do, but I, I just feel like elevated event with all the guys that can creep up there and and beat them that wouldn't necessarily be there uh on this week i, I think that you just you don't play it maybe dfs i could i could see playing oh he'll be DFS, chalky as hell in dfs which makes me i don't know if i want to play a chalky yeah. Matt future but a top 10 on him but i don't think you bet him outright um i i was more concerned like what what we do with jt like do we we just keep no we're not betting just we just not bet we i'll bet jt bet posting JT. Are you talking about JT? No, I love Poston? JT Poston. I mean, I have him written down 75 to 1. I bet that right now. Justin Thomas, though, the other JT, I feel like he's just a trap again. When do you bet JT? Like, what, I don't know what, whatever. What, when do you decide that this is really the best week to bet JT? I mean, because you probably wouldn't have done it before the PGA Championship last year when he won. What's the telltale sign? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 he did kill me in DFS last week because I did, I did end up on a little bit of him in DFS, but I didn't bet him. I, I don't know what's going on right now. I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about this. Golfers have ebbs and flows, man. It, it's, the game can be really brutally cyclical for an extended period of time, not just one week or two down weeks. It, guys can kind of lose it for a second. Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, like, it kind of happens. So, I don't, eesh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not playing him this week though. I'll tell you that. I'm not betting him. I'm bet JT Poston is 75 to one on MGM. That's what I'll, I'll do. Yeah, that. I, I agree with that. I, but I don't think I'm betting uh, Justin Thomas, and I'm betting Ricky Fowler at 60 to one. Just going to keep doing it. Just going to keep doing it. Is don't that the care. best number for him? What what's the number? 60 to one. That's what I saw as the best number. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I you know. I, 
I don't know. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I don't hate it. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if I should do it. I'm just going to keep it. You're just going to do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love a lot of names in this range. We, we can't, we're not going to talk about all of them, but it is, it is a, uh, it is a range chock full of, uh, of goodness. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep moving. Before we move on, I do have to let everybody know new partner alert. New partner alert. Our friends at SoBet have come on board for the, with the Tour Junkies, and they're in it for the long haul, people. And it's a beautiful thing. SoBet, okay? Let me, tell you what, let me tell you what SoBet is. Let me throw that back up there. SoBet is bringing you the best in the game. The SoBet sports influencers are vetted to ensure you're getting access to quality and unmatched content. Basically what this is, is these, these people have the, had the brilliant idea of creating a platform where they vet sports betting handicappers to be like, to know what they're doing. And they invite them to come on the platform and push out content. Not, not just anybody can sign up and do it. Not like, you know, they can on Twitter or whatever. It's not like that. These guys and girls are vetted sports handicappers for all the sports you want to bet on. And they're all found on SoBet. The best next-gen sports Content creators are bringing you sports content at scale on SoBet. You can access daily exclusive content in easy, digestible formats. Unlock a goldmine of betting information with SoBet's low monthly subscription. Get access to content for nearly every game and become a better sports better. SoBet is your all-in-one source for expert sports advice, analysis, and entertainment with over 28 sports experts and 400 pieces of content being posted weekly in their simple feed delivers personalized sports content straight to your device, all for just $9.95 a month. That's all it is. Plus, it's home to the exclusive Tour Junkies finished position round robin every week. By the way, profitable this week in the first one for the Masters hit three out of five legs. We were a a Tommy Fleetwood, one shot away from Tommy Fleetwood giving us four out of five. Get to SoBet.io through the link in the description of this video or podcast. Make sure you use promo code TJ and elevate your game with SoBet. Got to use the promo code TJ. Link is in the description below. Uh, There's going to be a lot more from SoBet. You're going to see it. More to come, including other exclusive content that me and Pat are are, are a part of. It's a good. It's a good platform. I'm telling you, if you're betting on any sport or all the sports, you got to have it. All right, let's move on. Long range, up to 130 to one. Who do we like? I like Chris Kirk. I found mm-hmm. 80 to one on DraftKings for Chris Kirk. Why not? I mean, why wouldn't you just keep playing Chris Kirk? He's continued to be uh, just tremendous. I think he over delivered at Augusta, um, despite decent expectations. So now to get him. At um at Harbor Town, of course, that obviously fits him much, much, much better. Um, seventh place finish back in 2021, but I mean, he's just a different dude right now. He's he's crushing it since the win at the Honda. Tenth at uh, Valero, 23rd last week. I, I think Chris Kirk checks all the boxes, so I like him. I think Tom Hoagie. I think we bounce on Tom Hoagie at 100 to one on BetMGM. Hoagie loves a golf course where it's hit it. Everybody hit it to the same spot and then iron competition in. He loves that. That that's that's those are the courses he likes. That's what he's told us. Um, you know, probably would love to have seen better course history here at Harbor Town, but he's had a couple of decent finishes. But I just feel like Hoagie's uh, he's just not the same player as he was in 2020 or 2019 or 2018 or any of that before. He just feels like he's at a different level. So Hoagie 100 to one, I'm interested in. Um, Seamus Power at 110 to one. 
Whoa. On drag, I know I'm normally not on Seamus. You're not. That was I know a little surprising. But I mean, sixth place finish here back in 2019 hasn't been back since. But the irons are still good. The around the green play is still good. I, I'm I, I just think Seamus is a guy who, in a field like this, I could see closing the door at a long at a long at a long price. So those are a few of my favorites. I'll see if you mention any of the other ones. Are you um? Are we done with Minwoo Lee? Is 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 the Minwoo Lee? Oh, we are like, definitely not done with Minwoo Lee. But I mean, Minwoo Lee era over now that he didn't he didn't perform well for everybody that wanted to play him at the Masters. Listen, that was a major disappointment because the Masters. Although, then again, like if you say it out loud, like the, we we the Masters is a second shot golf course. Of of course, yeah. the long ball off the tee is a massive weapon. Being able to roll the rock on the putting green. Definitely a good weapon to have, which Minwoo has both of those. But what he doesn't have is good iron play. He said it himself in his master's press conference on, I think it was Monday. He said mm-hmm. it himself. He said the iron play has been lacking. He's got to improve the iron play. And he didn't. I mean, it wasn't good last week. I mean, now if he has, a, if he has an average to, to slightly bumped up iron week, that dude could win anywhere. He could win here. He could win anywhere. He could win Torrey Pine. Literally anywhere. Because the the driver is such a weapon, um, and the putter is so good, but I don't like him with bad iron play, and you take the driver out of his hand at Harbortown. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, but <sighs> you know what? I can't believe he's I'm about really to sexy right now, Pat. Like everyone is so he is like the new hot, hot chick in school, and he every, really is. everybody wants to be on him. Everybody wants, and he's got that Aussie accent. He's he got that dirty over. little stash. It's like not really yeah. very full. It's like a very, it's like a prepubescent stash, and I, everybody wants a piece of him. Everybody wants their card to have his name on it because yeah. it looks good, and and you want to be on the next big thing. I when looked he pops. at it. I don't think I want him on the betting card. I don't. I mean, I don't either. But I understand the temptation. But you know who I want on the betting card? Who? Damn it. Wyndham Clark. Me too. I, I'll do I want it. Wyndham Clark all over my betting card. He's one I had written down. Hundred to one. Hundred to one. Yeah. I mean, you look at it: the ball striking, the approach. You know, yeah. great putter. All the things you need here, he can do. And he, and he's he's got a decent track record on short courses. I think you got to look at that for some of these guys. Yeah. But to see his his irons have come up another level. This is the thing about betting some of these guys is like. You look back at the history, and, and it, it's not great, but it's not, they're not the same player right now. Like, Wyndham Clark has figured out his iron. Speaking of a guy like Minwoo Lee, I mean, in the last few years, we've been, you know, we've been handicapping Wyndham Clark. What has he been good at? Hitting the long ball and putting. He's yeah. never been good at iron play. But he is right. he's balling right now with the irons. He really is. And he does have a good history here. Yeah. Now, it's not like he's contended to win you look at the last four times he's played here, he's made the cut every single time. Um, so it's not like this is a course where he hasn't been able to figure out how to get himself around on. So I think, he, you know, you get a guy like Wyndham Clark, but the way he's hitting it now versus the way he used to hit it, um, yeah. I think he makes a lot of sense there at 100 to 1. So he, he was the last one I had. I did have Tom Hoagie as well, so I was with you on that. Um, all right. I think that's probably good for that range. All right, let's move our right along. Bombs over one hundred and thirty to one. I got a couple, honestly. Um, I think Brendan. I think the Todd father, Brendan Todd on MGM, 
mm-hmm. was uh, earlier today. I don't know if he's still there because I, I just think this number is probably going to get hit. I don't know that it'll move a lot, but I, I think people 200 to one is a very long number for Brendan Todd, considering, you know, he's a multiple PJ tour winner. This is a perfect course set up for him. Um, I don't know. I think 200 to one is too long for Todd. It should probably be like 125, 130. Uh, ben Martin. Uh, it's hard to see Ben Martin winning with these names, but you can't deny how well he's played. Um, so it's it's just a little tough for me to get off of that. Matt Wallace, 150 to one. Matt Wallace at MGM. Keep it going. How we doing? The irons continue to be hot. And then uh, I'm gonna go Nick Taylor at 160 to one on uh, what's he? I think that's FanDuel. Taylor's kind of all of a sudden like to me just seems like he's got a little extra dog in him. I mean he's just he's just doing his thing. Runner. I mean the guy almost won the waste management. He almost won the waste management. He's had high finishes. He's been on the P- PJ Tour veteran, you know, uh, multiple t- time winner now, AT&T, Pebble Beach, Sanderson Farms winner. Um, he's been around the block. He's not going to be super intimidated by these guys, but he's just been hitting it well. You know, short game is solid. I think Nick Taylor, 160 to 1 Fanduel. Don't mind it. Um, I have Matt Wallace, too, written down 150 to 1. Um, I think Justin Suh at 180 to one is somebody you need to look at. I mean, you look at um, you know just his last few tournaments. He had that top ten at the Players. I think I don't I can't see the Honda, but I think he was up there at the Honda, wasn't he? Right there with yeah. Um, yeah. Chris Kirk and them. Yep. Um, you know, so he's got he's got good recent results. He has not played this golf tournament, so that's that's the one downside to him. Um, but if you look at the stats, I mean, pretty much across the board, I mean they they look pretty good for him. You know. Checks the box and approach and ball striking, you know, at least from the top 50 in the field there. Um, you know, he's, he's a, for, for the most part, a pretty good putter. Um, so I think Justin Suh is another one at 180 to one that, that I think you should look at. Another one now, this is a little bit of a gut play for me, but Sepp Straka at 130 to one, I think, uh, mm. is he, he kind of popped for me a little bit as well. So, that's that's probably it for me over 130 to one uh i think this is good to talk about ryan nell posts this in the chat my buddy's a caddy at harbor town he said this is the first year he's seen rough sent me a picture second cut is like three or four inches fairways are going to be a huge factor this week ryan thank you for doing your part being a valued member of tour junkies and sharing that on youtube let me say this because i saw this going around i think today on twitter i saw somebody mention this um stay tuned because I know from past experience, we, we know a couple of superintendents at golf courses where the PJ Tour hosts events. And I do know this, that the course will have it set up one way, but by Wednesday night, the PJ Tour will bring out the mowers and do what they're going to do. Um, normally, the rough here is not super gnarly, not super long, not super thick, not super penal. Um, so if the rough is up today, that's one thing. Even if it's up Tuesday, that's another thing. But, I mean, I was at the Byron Nelson last year standing with the superintendent at Craig Ranch on, like, one of the – they had a private event that I got to go to. Emmett Smith was there. Pat Green was singing. And we were standing in this – you know, you remember that, Pat? I think I FaceTimed you or something. We were, yeah. we were standing in this, uh, like, hospitality thing in the middle of the golf course, and it was, like, dusk, and all the, all the fans were gone, and all the mowers came out. And, and they were mowing down the rough. That's what they were doing. So – just stay tuned on that. We'll obviously have some intel from a bunch of people on, on site on how the golf course is set up and how it's playing. 
And if we do feel like it's any different, um, we will let you know. Also, before we move on to our top 26 pack, I'm seeing this in the chat. We are going to have to postpone the St. Simon or the uh, Saint, yeah St. Simon's Island King and Prince Resort golf trip. Um, just we try to jam it in, and it is not going to work. So stay tuned for new dates in the fall. For those of you that have already signed up, we will make sure to get your your money back to you here pretty soon, so you can save that until hopefully the fall. We'll get another event. We'll give everybody a good heads up, and uh, and everybody will have plenty of time to plan and do their thing. So we regretfully have to do that, but we you know, like I said, we tried to jam it in, see what happened, but it is what it is. All right, top twenty six pack, two locks. One bomb at four to one or longer to finish top 20 at RBC Heritage. Me and Pat, here we go. Pat, I'll let you start. All right. Well, I'll start us off here. I've got Shane Lowry at plus 150. I like him. I think this is a really good course fit for him. So I've got him at plus 150 to finish in the top 20. And then Corey Connors. I'm going back to Corey oh. Connors. TV. Wait a plus- minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is a lock, Pat. How, how are we going to do a lock when the man sucked so bad last week a lot i don't care he lot plus 225 top 20 i love it the dude is look he had a bad he had a bad week but he he's still a great ball striker we know that about Corey connors plus 225 i'm good i'm good oh god that kills me let's see let's see what he did round one i had um, i had i ate the chalk on connors he was one of the chalky ones i need freaking i mean you're you need to remember you gotta have like, look at his last three times playing here, DB. T21, T4, T12. Yeah. Remember, this is a top 20 bet. This isn't to win. I know. Yeah. So, this is a good oh. for him. I do like the Shane Lowry play. I actually had him written down as an outright, too, but we just didn't get to him. Um, okay. Oh, all right. I'll save your bomb. Here's a guy we didn't talk about. But I don't know that I like him to win. Cam Young is plus 120 to finish top 20, and I feel like that is a lock. Paul Tesori on the bag, obviously. We've, that's been talked about a bunch. Yeah, been there with Webb. Been there with Webb multiple times around this place. Uh, you know, and, and Cam Young finished third here last year without Paul Tesori, which is really freaking good. Uh, obviously, he's one of the best long iron, mid, mid-iron players in the game right now. I, I don't necessarily love the course fit so much that I, I want to hit him at, as a, as a, you know, at the outright number that he is, which is a little shorter than I would like. But a top 20 lock, plus 120, plus money, I'll take it. And then it's got uh, to be Kuchar at plus 190, as for me, is the be- that, I think that's the Kuchar play. I think you mentioned it maybe a top 10, but I think the Kuchar play is a top 20. And, I mean, I, I think that's kind of a bet the farm. Like, put, put a lot on that, because I could see it happening. He's rested. He's not coming off a Masters, you know, Masters week. Um, he's playing well, he's hungry, he wants to get back involved in, in major championship golf, I'm sure, and qualify for these tournaments that he's always qualified for. And he's at his he's at his place. Like this place is built. This is his 20th year, from what I can tell, Pat, competing at this event. He only missed the cut the first year. <laughs> huh. And like tons of top twenties and top tens since then. All right. And my bomb, if I'm gonna give you one bomb. I'm tempted to go. I'm, I'm debating between two, two, uh, maybe a. All right. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ben Griffin. We didn't talk about Ben Griffin, but I'm gonna say Ben Griffin at five to one. I think very similar course to to RSM where he plays out of Sea Island. He's gonna be very familiar with Harbor Town, even though he's never played here. I guarantee you he's played here a bunch. You know, North Carolina kid. Um, 
He's just been so solid lately. Finally took him, finally sat his ass down and took a week off because he didn't qualify for the Masters. Dude's been playing a ton of golf. I like him coming off the rested, you know, no family distractions. Just come out here and ball out and do your thing. Great course for him. Okay. Um, I think if I'm probably going to go with a guy that you may have been thinking alongside of Ben Griffin, but that's Joel Damon at plus 400. I think uh, you go with Joel Damon here to finish in the top 20. You look at his course history here, it is very good. Um, has uh, three finishes here inside the top 25 over the last um, five years, and now all of a sudden I freaking lost him. I do wish his form was a little better. I was looking at Joel. The form's been a little weak. Where did I look? Oh, there he is, yeah. T12 last year, uh, and then a T16 in 2019, T48 in 2020. So um, two of the last three years he's played here, he does have a top 20 finish. I like Joel, man. Plus 400. I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty good value bet on him to finish in the top 20. There you have it. That is the betting show for the RBC Heritage 2023. Check out the DFS show. We're going to have some more fun doing a different level of Masters recap. We're going to talk about hashtag golf. And we're going to have an injury hypothetical situation where we're going to hypothetically cause bodily harm to ourselves in exchange for something hmm. re- related to Augusta National. So uh, that'll be fun on the DFS show. Next week, oh, I should have said this up front because now we're going to get people asking us about this. Next week is the Zurich. We have to take the week off. The Masters was a marathon. We are behind on a lot of things. So we have to, we got to work on the business and not in the business for just one week, kind of an intermission. Before we get into like peak off season here, um, we got some stuff to do. We're going to be adding some new content that we're excited about. When we come back from that break at the Zurich, going to be adding a ton of new free tourjunkies.com blog content that I'm very excited about. A bunch of different, a variety of pieces from a variety of good writers. Uh, I'm really excited about that. We got to get those folks onboarded and ready to go because the next event after the Zurich is the Mexico Vedanta Vallarta Open. Uh, where the defending champ John Rahm will be playing again. So next week, no TJ content. We'll just be in the nut hut, kicking around, whatever, and, and having just goofing off. But we're going to be doing other stuff that we got to do. So thank you for your grace in that week. Okay, enjoy the Zurich, the team event. Have a great week. Bend over your bookies. See you. Out.